0: What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation. We are broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Here we are in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, it's Clarendon, the heart of the universe, really. Back again for episode 117. We've got a great episode, big show to get to today. Alongside me today to help us through this episode, to my left today, it's our co-host, Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Dox looks different. Now, all right, well, let's. since you mentioned that, Dox is still out of town. He hasn't quit the show, but we are excited to have a guest co-host in studio. He's been a former guest. He's helped us out with the show many times before. To my right, it's Dixon Mercer. Dixon, how are you, man?
1: I think this is a record for most appearances on Pace of the Nation. Yeah, it could be. That's a good that's <laughs> This a good is my point. third.
0: This is your third. Yep, yep. Uh, we get you... To talk, We had you to talk about uh, Marine Corps, the course. That was a really good uh, kind of uh, extra special episode. And the other episode, we probably talked about... That I was know. the Olympic trials. Olympic trials, Olympic okay. Olympic
1: trials, qualifiers locally.
0: Okay, that's This is that's my first right. time in the studio, though. Yeah, well, appreciate you making it into the studio. Doc's, again, like I said, he's not quit the show He's just gone for uh, this week and next week, and we'll talk about what we're gonna do next week uh, later on in the program. It
2: seems like Dax has more vacation time than I do. I know.
0: I know, I don't understand it. I don't know what he does uh, for his other job, uh, but he does get a lot of vacation from PTN. I don't know who's allowing that.
1: <laughs> he must work for a European company. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Dixon, we really appreciate you uh, being in studio and helping us through the program. <laughs> we are excited today to be joined in studio by Daryl General. He's going to join us. He is a two-time Marine Corps Marathon champion. He's also qualified for the Olympic Trials five times.
1: He won the Army 10 Miler three times and as well.
0: Won the Army 10 Miler as well. So I mean, second
1: American in Boston in 1990.
0: Wow, so that is quite a resume. Excited to have Daryl. Just a good guy. I've known Daryl for, for uh, you know ten years or so. He's worked in the running industry. He's been a coach. He's done a lot of things. Worked at Whole Foods. I don't know. Worked on a dock, I think. What's that song where? I think it's a New Jersey song. Somebody worked a dock on the bay. I don't
1: know if that's a New Jersey song. I
2: think you're a mixing song. Okay. I think you're mixing mixing sitting on the dock of bay
0: or whatever. That yeah, song yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. With the oh, just um, reading.
2: Yeah. With the Bon
0: Jovi. Song. Oh, that's right, Bon Jovi. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, New Jersey, uh, always connected to the, to the, uh, to the show here. Uh, New Jersey connected to everything. Uh, always. New Jersey is the real center
2: of
0: the universe. <laughs> Lies. It's not Montgomery County. No, it's not. Uh, but we're, we're going to have Daryl in here in a minute in, in, in studio. So excited about that. Also, I got a couple other topics. I got to get something off my chest as usual. So I got to bounce that off you guys. Uh, a- the AAU championship is happening right now. Um, and a kid ran an incredible time that I want to talk about that these kids these days who are 13, 14 are just running incredible times. Uh, I also did a good deed on a run this week and I want to share that with you guys. And then finally the world champs is happening here in London very soon. And I've got a trivia question for, uh, well, both of you guys can, um, I'm going to really make it a trivia question for Joanna, but both of you guys can participate.
2: I'm already stressed out. Um,
0: but before that, uh, Dixon, glad you're in the studio so we can talk about raising young kids, of course, what everybody wants to hear on the show. Uh my son, topic. My son, James, is 11 months, uh, just turned 11 months. Your son, Henry...
1: Uh, Eleven months and about a week or so. Yeah,
0: so he's he's about a week behind James.
2: And and how often do you lock your son in the car?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't drive. Yeah, see, see, he probably would have. <laughs> had he been, had we'll his, never know. We'll never know. Um, that's a good question, though. What is th- that was very unnerving, to say the least, when I locked James in the car a couple weeks ago. What's the most unnerving, like stressful thing that's happened with Henry for you? He's got no answer. Look at that. Perfect Henry, dad here.
1: Henry's been such a perfect child <laughs> <Yes>. so far <laughs> that that simply hasn't happened yet. Is there anything,
0: like, has he fallen down and you're like, oh, that's going to leave a mark?
1: There have been a couple falls okay. and they actually did leave a mark, <laughs> but he uh, bounced back pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: these kids are resilient. So, okay. Well, that didn't go as well as I'd hoped. I was hoping that he had some comparable stories. Um So how's it, how's it been going for your, your running? Has your running been, your running must've taken a hit with, with the kid or has it been, or how's your running been going?
1: It, it totally changed my running in the sense that, um, I had to come up with a completely different routine. Mm -hmm. Um, pre Henry, typically I was the kind of runner who would get out, you know, wake up at six, get out and run at seven, um, you know, run for 75 minutes to hour and a half, you know, shower, change, eat in 15 minutes and go into work. Now that time is my Henry time, right? You know, so, um, the most time I get with him during the day is when he wakes up. So, um, now instead of going out and running at seven, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with Henry until he goes to, uh, leaves for daycare, usually around eight, eight fifteen, Emily will take him to daycare. Um, and that's now I run into work at that
0: point. Okay. So you're, you're running to work. So you're yeah. still getting in some, some good running.
1: Solid. I mean, it's an eight mile run into work and then I might add a little on the treadmill when I get there. There's a gym at work where I change.
0: Oh,
2: and probably a shower.
0: Right. right? Probably. But let's I do shower yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah well that's probably a better option like how long did the Metro take you to get here today an hour an hour so yeah. you might as well have just run well here. I'm
2: gonna run home
0: okay oh yeah. okay yeah that that makes sense um so you're so you're still getting a good amount of Ryan the only problem is at 815 or 830 versus when you're running before at 630 is the sweltering heat uh, how you been doing with that
1: I don't mind uh, the heat too much yeah um, <laughs> I'm not, a good, out. I, to be clear, I'm not very good at racing in the heat, but just right. going out and running in the heat, I don't particularly mind that much. Uh, that, that, that's worked out fine. Yeah. I think the, the toughest thing is that, um, you know, I'm trying to get in the mileage I was getting before. I'm not someone who can really like trim back my mileage and expect mm-hmm. Any remotely good results. similar results. Right, right. Um, but as I've been trying to kind of cram in the runs when I can, a lot of the supplemental stuff has slipped a little bit. And for me being 36, mm. uh, the supplemental stuff is annoyingly important. So important. I'm trying to kind of figure out the right balance between getting the volume and training I need and doing the supplemental stuff and hopefully still being a pretty solid dad.
0: <laughs> Most importantly, and uh, my job too, I right. guess yeah, that, there's that, 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 right. that too. All right.
2: Do you also find that when you run, like I like to go for a run before six and I feel like there's not that many people out, but I would imagine that at eight o'clock there's like more people like on the sidewalks and on the trails and stuff. Do you find that's also a difference for you?
1: It is. It's funny. You get mad at people in cars when you're out and <laughs> running at that hour. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, I was never, I've never loved getting out really early in the morning anyway, okay. I, you know, so um, I've always preferred to be more of like a between seven and eight in the morning runner and like rushing to work as quick as I can and get there a little bit later than maybe some people, but
0: mm. all right, well maybe our next guest has some advice for us on running and juggling a number of things. Cause this guy has, has done it all. Uh, he's qualified for five Olympic trials. He's won Marine Corps twice. It's Daryl general. He's going to join us next here on pace. The nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna and Dixon, our guest host, Dixon Mercer. We are excited to be joined in studio by running legend, local running legend, Daryl General. Daryl, how are you? Thanks for joining us.
3: I'm doing great.
0: Well, thanks for being here, man. On short notice, of course, you know, Dixon and I have been talking about bringing Daryl in, and I wanted to bring Dixon in, obviously, as the, the guest host today. He's done so much in the running world here in D.C., Two-time Marine Corps Marathon champion, 97 and 95. Is that right? Yes. And five-time Olympic trials qualifier. Joanna, Did you know that about Daryl? I do now. You do now, yeah. How, how incredible is that? How many people have done that, Daryl?
3: Uh, I think four people.
0: Four people. Is that right, Dixon? I know you were looking at that earlier. That's right, yeah. So it's it's Ed stone which is a name probably a lot of people know. And then a couple of guys. Doug Curtis. Doug Curtis, okay. And then there was one other guy who. Rick Sayre. Rick Sayer. So, yeah. I mean, as long as we've been qualifying people for the Olympic trials, I mean, you to, to be one of uh, four guys to do it really speaks to your longevity. So, I guess I, I'd like to start with, with you and kind of the, the, the history of, of you as a runner. You weren't like the traditional, all right, I'm a star, you know, track runner, and then moved on to college and in high school, star track runner, moved on to college and then ran in college and then took on the marathon. Kind of take us back to when you first started running marathons. How'd you get in it?
3: Well, my, my love for that started at, actually at the age of eight years old when I was running in the southeast neighborhood. And mm-hmm. uh, I used to look at Wild world sports. Uh, long time ago. Yeah, man. Uh, the Bill Rogers, the Frank Shorters, and it was, it was very interesting and fascinating to me to see um, guys running at a fast pace for a long period of time. And it was something that I wanted to do at the age of 8, 9 years old. So actually that stuck with me as I got older, as a goal of mine, is to want to run marathons. Was there
0: anybody in your family who was a distance runner or anything like that?
3: Uh, my dad used to just... Uh, go out and run and that's how i got started with running because i used to go run with him and in the park and i used to go around you know go around and go around keep passing him (laughs) and waiting for him to say nothing and he kind of set me up because he would never say anything he just wanted me to keep running till i got tired and i actually enjoyed it so i continued you know with that type of training i just used to go run 15 or 20 minutes like three or four times a week at the age of eight, nine years old.
0: Wow. Was youth track big back then when you were running?
3: I don't think it was big. It was very few youth programs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about it because I was in the southeast, so you didn't know anything about the youth programs. Um, I just ran. You did, the high, you did the elementary school, track, the high school, but it's very few youth programs at that point in time.
0: Now, southeast, where is southeast, Joanna? You're my resident, uh, D.C., Expert now in geography.
2: Yeah, it's a neighborhood that's southeast mm. of the capital. Oh, okay, <laughs> all
0: right, there we go. Um, D.C. I guess. So, D-C. so, <laughs> so, so you you ran obviously, and and you must run in high school there. What high school did you go to?
3: I ran at Potomac High School in Oxon Hill, Maryland.
0: Okay, in Oxon. Okay, in Oxon Hill, and yes. you know it's not typical for for someone to run to jump into the marathon as early as you did. Were you a, in high school when you first ran the marathon?
3: Actually, I just graduated, and my actually my one of my track coaches was running a Marengo marathon, and he said uh, he 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 wanted me to run with him, and and I was hesitant about it. And he said he would pay my entry, so I said okay. (laughs) So that's how that started. That's a good that's
0: a good <laughs> hey that's good motivation. if anybody's gonna pay my entry to get into a race i'm usually in for that too
2: so what events did you run in track then like if you were already targeting the marathon which is such a long race like what was like a 5k too short for you like what what did you run
3: in high school yeah in high school i ran 800 a mile or two mile and i ran cross country but i didn't run cross country till my junior year
0: how did that first marathon go
3: it was tough. I mean, <laughs> what was your longest run at this point? My longest run, probably, I might have did a maybe at eighteen. I was I was learning at that point. I, I, I really wasn't prepared. I knew I needed to do at least about sixty to seventy miles a week, and that was my main goal. And to try to get maybe two long runs in. Um, but at that time, I was young. I just wanted to make sure I was strong enough to finish the race. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was my my first aim was to do that. And I was very inexperienced. I was way in the back. I went by my number, which was 12,000, <laughs> and took a few minutes to get across the starting line.
0: Did they have chips then?
3: No, I don't know. If yeah. pulled, I think they did a pull tag. Pull tag. So,
0: so they didn't probably have your actual. 83, so I don't know if
3: they knew it. 83. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, they probably didn't have your actual actual official time. So what was your what was your time in that race?
3: It was 2 hours and 58 minutes. Wow. Some odd seconds. That's pretty. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
0: For how old were you, in uh, Seventeen. Years? Seventeen. Wow. What were
3: the twenties
1: like, Daryl? The first time you ran a marathon. Yeah. What did you feel like during the twenties? A- my age of
3: twenty. No, no. no the the, like miles, the miles. Yeah. Twenty miles. Twenty-one miles. The, the wall. I understood so with the wall man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first, my first one or two, uh, right around that 20, 21, I would hit the wall. So, so what I did was, I, det- I was determined. To train hard enough to get past that 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 what you call that that spot that was would break you down. Right. So I made sure my my mileage was strong enough. I wasn't a, really a high mileage person, but but I hung around like 80 miles a week to 100, and that's even with like 23 miles and 24 miles. But as long as I did three 20 miles, I felt like that would get me over the hump of that that wall that would come up around 2022. What kind of
1: guidance did you get from your high school coach? Was Did he kind of give you the initial advice that kind of set you on your training path? I, everything I learned
3: about Marathon, was I did it myself. <laughs> really? I just read. I just, I just read. What, I, what I learned to read is what not to do. And that's what helped me because I knew what to do. And I just wanted to read about what not to do. And I figured if I do that, then I, I would stay sort of injury-free throughout my career.
0: So Daryl is a, t- is a two, his PR guys is two fourteen forty two, So for someone to <laughs> kind of be self-taught, just read about the marathon and train, you know, essentially by yourself. I, I don't know anybody who's done that. Um, let's fast forward to the times when you were running these faster times. You take on the Marine Corps marathon in 87. And did you have an idea that you wanted to qualify for the 88 trials at that point?
3: Well, after actually, after my first one, okay, even, even though I ran two fifty eight, my goal was to try to qualify for the Olympic trials in eighty eight,
0: and, and and the and the time was what two twenty two qualifier two twenty 220. okay two twenty okay yes so that was a goal of, so you did know about it and so you start training yourself to get there uh, so we fast forward to uh, nineteen eighty seven where you you were running the the Marine Corps marathon is that where you qualified for the for the trials yes okay. So it says, I'd, I'd read somewhere that you were the youngest Olympic marathon tri- trials qualifier at the age of 22. Um, that must have been a pretty unique experience, right?
3: I mean, overwhelming experience. Yeah. You have goals and, and that you set for yourself, but when you achieve them, it's just like, wow. You, you really don't think you're going to do it, but because you're you focusing on it so hard. And when I did it, it was like... I just sort of cried because I didn't really think that it was going to happen. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I—I I mean, at this at this point, I think there's there's people who are you know professional runners or elite runners who are taking on the marathon at an earlier age. But you must have been significantly younger than the rest of your competitors.
3: Actually, they lost track of how old I was. i was really? so young. Really? Because when we got up to around 1998, mm-hmm. they at that point they thought I was probably 40 already. <laughs> Right, because you had, started so young. So it right. was like a four year, four years that they 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 missed that they figured I was twenty five already. <laughs> right, right, right. So they added four or five years to my to my age.
0: Right. Wow. So uh, you you win the Marine Corps Marathon a couple times. Tell us about what what does Marine Corps mean to you, and you know, tell us about those two times that you won.
3: I mean, Marine Corps is still my favorite race to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that race. That's where my career started off at. And, and I, I go back. I go back every year and try to run it, Steven still. And in 95, when I, I went there just but just specifically to win the race, because I actually was going to Chicago to go and run uh, 212 or 211. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I had an agent, and we talked about it, and I decided I wanted to run Marine Corps. And for me, it, was, it wasn't just for me. It was for my family. It was for the D.C. area, because I felt like a, me winning – um, at that time, because we had a lot of the the Mexicans and stuff like that, yeah, was that were yeah, it. So I decided I wanted to come and win it for the Washington area, mm-hmm. and and get that victory there. So that was important to me, just to come there and win it at home for everybody.
0: Yeah, because you probably could have. I mean, you know, a lot of people maybe not don't realize that Marine Corps no prize money. No prize I, money. I I don't think any appearance fees. Um, no so fees. no appearance fees. He would know. So I mean, you could probably get those at these other marathons at that time, right?
3: Yeah, I gave up money. I mean, yeah. I literally gave up money because I was—I definitely was in two twelve shape. Wow! But the the win to me a carries will last a lifetime, right. as you want to say. Me running Chicago and getting eight to ten thousand dollars, nobody's gonna remember that. Right, <laughs> right. So to me, I, I wanted the Marine Corps win to, on my resume, and that's something that I think I can look back or talk to a lot of runners about.
0: Well, you've got the fourth fastest time ever at Marine Corps. Uh, that time is two sixteen. Uh, I don't remember the second 34. 216 34 a guy who yeah. runs these races doesn't forget. Uh, but you, that wasn't the only time you won it. So a couple of years later, you come back and win it again. Tell me about that experience.
3: Well, actually the 97 marathon I actually was in better shape than 95. Wow. And I, and that year I trained through the summer, um, speed work and everything. Cause I wanted to break the course record of the two fourteen oh one. And I actually was in shape for it. Um, So I had my game face on, I was ready to run. It poured down rain in 10 minutes before the start of the race. And it was actually like a flood race. And once I came through Georgetown, I came through right on pace, but it was like 51.30. But my That's 10 miles. 10 miles, I'm sorry, 10 miles to 51.30. And my shoes were soaking wet. So actually I backed off the course record challenge and just wanted to go for the win. I didn't want to blow my win.
0: Right, Yeah. yeah. Well, you've done, uh, you know, it's an amazing, amazing career, but what is, makes it most amazing is to me is again, the non-traditional path that you took. Um, when you were running at your best, you know, you were working too. you're working for sure where a lot of athletes who are running at at your level don't work. They're full-time runners. You're working one, two, three jobs. Tell us kind of about that kind of at at some of the, the peak training times, like, what was the schedule like? What was your job uh, situation like?
3: Um, when I was at my best time, especially in my 20s, and I, and I did really talked about it that much, but I, at, at one point I was working. At, actually working at Felks Mall, mm-hmm. Sears and Felks Mall, and I was working about 50, 60 hours a week and training for Marine Corps in, like, 84, 85, 86, so, and on loading dock. So I was doing a lot of lifting. I was exhausted. I would come home and do an hour and a half runs. But, I mean, that's to me, that's – I chose that path basically, mm-hmm. um, and once I became an elite runner, I never gave that up. Right, it's one of the things that I didn't know how to just give that up when you was you was in the the world you know the world of working, working hard, working a job, trying to make a living, coaching high school track. I just I loved running so much that that I focused on running and then and working and coaching, helping people out. So I didn't know how to give that up as an elite runner, and I think. That prevented me to to get faster because I got faster at the shorter distance, but the marathon was at a standstill because I had too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get sponsorship opportunities? Uh, I ran for Reebok uh, eighty seven eighty nine and then ninety to ninety eight. I was sponsored by Mizuno.
0: And was was that enough so you could quit these other jobs, or you continue to work?
3: It wasn't a, it yeah. wasn't an endorsement deal. Right, right. It was more of a a, a bonus deal. Gotcha. So they t- they. I got a lot of things taken care of, but I didn't get a yearly yearly stipend. Right, I was probably like two minutes shy of getting the yearly money. But like I say, if you're a lead runner and you're trying to go to that top level, you cannot work two three jobs and no those things. Uh, Yeah,
0: and I I I guess I was reading a story somewhere where you were one of your jobs was so one of the times I didn't read about the loading dock job, which sounds very labor intensive, (laughs) Um, but you were. Working at Whole Foods, you were working at a running store, Metro Run and Walk at the time, and then also coaching. Like, explain like, what does a day look like there, where you got to get your run in, and how do you have time for all those jobs?
3: I just made time. I mean, <laughs> I was, you know, I'm so I was so focused on trying to do what I need to do, you know, on a financial level, and and high school I always wanted to give back because when you start from scratch and you become Ranked in the top ten in the country, I felt like I had something to give back to the kids that think that they can't accomplish the goals that they want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to they want to do achieve, and um, and that was, and that was the biggest thing. I mean, that's what kept me going. I never thought about I'm gonna be tired, right? Or oh, is it enough time? I just made it happen.
0: What? So, like, what 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 time does your day start when you've got the, got those jobs? Are we talking like four in the morning?
3: Um, well, I worked at Whole Food. I was working 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. Okay. And wow. And actually, then I was leaving there and, and going to the to D.C. running group. Okay. I was okay. helping out there from like 8 to nine. D.C. fit. I remember your part. Okay. D.C. Okay. fit. Okay. okay. Then at 9.30, I was working at Metro on a walk from 10 to like 3.
0: You and still I, haven't told me about how you get your run in. We're, 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 when do you
3: sleep? Yeah, yeah. 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 I coached from 3, like 3 to 5. So my run at that point in time was with the D.C. group. Wow.
0: Like, I mean, the DC fit group, Your your you know, your marathon time, I'm sure you're, you those guys are, you know, hustling and trying to do great in the marathon, but they're running three and a half hours or four hours, right? Sometimes. So you're not necessarily running with those guys.
3: Well, I was running and, 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 and what made it fun? Because when I got off of whole food, when I got off, I would drive to the, to the W and O and once you got into like August, they were already started. Mm-hmm. So I stretched real quick and then I jumped in. And when they see me, I was, they were, I was going down and they were coming back. So all those, all those 75 people saw me going down. So their goal was to keep me from catching them. Wow. So it actually was helping them and it was helping me. <laughs> so we had fun.
0: Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's incredible that uh, you were up at 1 a.m. Like Joanna just asked, when did you sleep?
3: Oh, I didn't, I didn't get many, many hours yeah. of sleep. It was like I would lay down for like three or four hours. Wow. And and that's why I said like the the Olympic uh, trials to qualify yep. for 08 when I tried to qualify in 07, that I didn't realize my body was exhausted. I just worked and trained, and I was in great shape, but my body didn't have the energy to qualify. It wasn't the heat. It so
0: was just- that was your attempt to qualify for the sixth. It was the last day of qualifying in 2007 at the Chicago Marathon. That was your chance to, to uh, make history and be the first person ever to qualify for six Olympic trials. Which I, I don't know what you. Got, I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to be able to be done. I, I can't imagine anybody who, who could do that. But, um, but like you said, you think that it was just the, your body was worn down. It wasn't fitness. It was just
3: right, right. With the three jobs, and the reason I was working the three jobs because I was I was getting ready to get married, so I was trying to work to save money and pay for, you know, both of me and my, my wife uh, was working so that we, we can just pay the for it out of our pocket and didn't wow. have to owe anyone. So she was working an uh, extra job as well. So we both was, like, exhausting ourselves. But it paid off. I mean, we didn't, yeah. we didn't owe any debt. Right. Yeah. So, Daryl
1: one of the stories I wanted to tell you was that in 1989, um, I went with my dad, who raced almost every single weekend, and my mom, we went to... Uh, marquee road race in new jersey up at giant stadium
0: were you are you from jersey dixon okay gotcha so i grew up
1: about 45 minutes from the meadowlands
0: got it okay
1: and uh my dad was racing the 10k and i was uh signed up you know i'm i guess about eight years old at this time so i'm signed up to do the 100 meter dash on the actual giant stadium field which i was pretty pumped. that's huge but um this was a huge marathon at the time, big prize money. It was, it was for three or four years in, um, in New Jersey, big prize money race. And I looked up, um, I just randomly looked up that race recently, just Googled it, and a New York Times article comes up, and the article mentions a 23-year-old <laughs> dock worker, Daryl General. He ran his personal best of two fourteen something. <laughs> wow. Which was like a four minute PR at the time, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, it says two nineteen oh eight mm-hmm.
1: was my PR before that.
0: Two nineteen oh so, eight and he ran it says two fourteen forty two.
1: Can you kind of take us through your breakthrough that day? What um was it a fast course? Did you did you feel like you could run that fast
3: going into that day? Well, well part of the course was the Olympic trials course. So I studied. I studied the whole four, four or five months of how I was going to run that race. The hilly part of the course, I, down to how I wanted each mile split, where I wanted to be, and targeted to down to the last 10k. And I stayed on track throughout the whole race, and everything just started clicking. Everything. In the second half, I just started roll, But it wasn't, it wasn't a, a a fast flat course. I ran 106.52 and 107.50. Wow. Mm-hmm. But because the way I strategized the race, that I closed with a 4.56. Wow, and it finished on the, on the on field. On John's Day. So when I came down on that tunnel, my eyes was like, Wow, it's unbelievable. Is the clock, right?
0: <laughs> and you, you must, and you must have grown up as a Redskins fan. So that 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 must have felt pretty good to do it on enemy turf. Or were you a Redskins fan?
3: Wow, well, I love the Redskins, but actually the Raiders is my number oh, one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I grew stuff. up watching the Raiders uh, beat up on people when oh, I was they, nine years they, old. They, no, yeah. All I knew was silver and black.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's fine. I would I would take a lot of pleasure in destroying that course and destroying Giants. That's a cool thing to be able to finish in the stadium. I want to go through your your, your five performances at um, the the Olympic Trials. You went on to run two twenty uh, for nineteenth place in nineteen eighty eight Jersey City Marathon. I want you to comment on that real quick. Two twenty for nineteenth place must have been a hot day or something. No, no,
3: no. It was it was, it was awful weather. It okay. Really windy and rainy. Mm-hmm. We hit you hit a high point and you was running in place yeah it was it was it was an awful day but for me it was exciting because, yeah uh, i'm just like i said i'm a southeast kid in the olympic right trial 22 years old no idea you're right i felt like i was in heaven <laughs> right. You know, right i was enjoying myself it was bad weather everybody else is mad i'm like i'm having fun right <laughs> to
0: columbus ohio you, you in 1992 uh you ran 225 at that olympic trials tough day out there that day
3: yeah tough day and and, and tough training like mm-hmm. you said like i said just not um focusing on just being an elite runner was basically a lot of the toll of the tape for me mm-hmm. i mean and, and and i'm okay with it because that's i was always a give back and be responsible and and do the things i need to do i love running to death but i love I love the sport more than I love trying to be the best at, at, mm-hmm. at that, you know, at event. So that's, that's to this day, I still love running the marathons.
0: Yeah. And then 2000, you're two twenty eight forty one, probably a, a tough day there at Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to jump back to your Charlotte uh, performance because that was incredible. And then Birmingham, I remember I was out there for that race, 233, you were injured, but still, you know, you, you made your way through and, and, and ran, which is incredible. Uh, but then 96, 12th place, two sixteen thirty. I mean, at that point, uh, you must have been like, I, I have, I have arrived, and you know, you got to be thinking Olympic team at that actually, point. Actually, it was. Yeah, to
3: be honest with you, actually was. And the, the the downfall for me was I didn't get out of D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a three-hour run, and it was the blizzard. If I don't know if you guys remember, yeah, maybe in '96. Yeah, yeah, in 96, I, I was, it was yep, blizzard. Yep. And I was stuck for like three to four weeks in, yep. in in Maryland, and I couldn't train, so I lost that amount of time of, of training. But that I was fit, I was strong, I was fat, and I just I just felt that I clearly was going to be one of the top three. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, when you're in two sixteen, uh, in in '96 again, I I think. It's different times. I remember that that race um, in preparation for the Atlanta Olympics. I don't. Do we just send one person?
1: Uh, that was 2000. two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. 2000
0: so, but but yes. But but in ninety six, I mean, just running was at a different place. So, two sixteen may be kind of a common good time now. But two sixteen then is you know wasn't uh, especially in a championship race like the Olympic trials wasn't a you know. Uh, something that a lot of people were doing at that time, right?
3: Yeah, it's was, it was a pretty. I mean, it was a rolling course too, so it really wasn't a fast course as well. And you had to earn earn the time that you run on that course. It was cold too, right? And it was co- oh, cold. When we warmed up, <laughs> warmed up at seven o'clock in the morning, it was actually seventeen degrees. Wow! One this of, is
1: the uh, famous race um, many people know of, where Bob Kempinen won, and he got that's right. He got uh, very sick. That's what it was, and yeah. Then, and many people. Yeah. Most people, the highlights have they seen of that race is probably Bob Kempinen.
3: Throwing up on course. Yeah, that's right. 27 degrees when the gun went off.
1: At, one po- at what point in this process of qualifying for five Olympic trials does it occur to you, wow, I have a streak going, how, how long can I keep
3: this going? Um, as I was approaching five, I mean, I actually thought I was going to get to seven, to be honest with you. Wow. Because I was very fast and I was very strong. But I kept on taking on more responsibility right. as I was going. So when I got to the sixth round, like I said, I was getting ready to get married. Me and my wife was working, you know, extra hours. So that that killed that one. And then the next one, of course, I was training. But by that time, I had tendonitis, so I backed off the training for a little while. Um, but I still I started back. But it just things kept getting in the way because I wouldn't give up coaching. I wouldn't give up uh, working. And those are things at that point in time at the age, even at 42, I still was fast enough and strong enough that I could have run uh, 2, 8, 218, 219.
0: Wow.
1: We have a local athlete here, uh, Kieran O'Connor, who was 24th in the last Olympic trials. He's going to go for his second mm-hmm. um, trials. He runs for the, the Pacers team. And uh, he wanted me to ask you if at any point in this process if you ever doubted that you
3: would be able to qualify for one of the trials. Uh, each 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 Olympic trial that I approached, I believed that I can come in the top three. Wow! Each one, spe- um, the only one I can say, uh, even '88. I mean, I was young, but in the back of my mind, <laughs> anything can happen. Yep. You know, anything can happen. So you can't rule yourself out. '92 and '96, I felt like one of those I should have made clearly because I felt like. I could have run 211, 212, and I had the speed that I could have the last six, seven miles that I can drop it down and, and take it. But it, like I said, if you're not doing the things that you need to do, it's like, like boxes, Marathon to me is like training, like boxes do, and you have to totally focus and, and no interruptions. And I think that
1: self-belief is really inspiring because um, even reading about your attempt to qualify for a sixth, um, it was clear that, you know, things weren't quite weren't quite uh, clicking in training. Um, some of your tune-up races, you you weren't quite even able to run trials pace for a short distance, but you still believed on that day you could do it. And I think a lot of runners get really self-defeated, and if they can't do it in a race leading up to it, they just don't believe it's possible. But you believed it was possible.
3: I always believed. And, and like like we, we talked about earlier, I didn't realize that my body was exhausted. Right. So the training was going well. The racing wasn't, but... A lot of my races that I've run in previous ye- uh, years back, um, even if I ran a 31.10K three weeks before a marathon, I would go out and still run 2.15. Right. And and like you said, it's all about focusing on what the goal is. Not worrying about that I ran a 31, but can I run 32s, 10Ks three or four times? And that's what got me through mm-hmm.
0: There before we get you out of here, just a couple quick questions here. You're coaching at Marshall, doing great things over there. You've got some star athletes, a little school in Falls Church, man. I mean, you've done some impressive things here. Quickly talk about, you know, Marshall, and what's the prospects for this year?
3: Oh, wow. It, it, it's We won a state championship on the girls' in, and the boys are regional. So, you know, it's, for me, I guess it's a lot of pressure for me. Yep. But I'm just talking to the kids about just going out and and – Sticking with our plan, and yep. just training, and 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 I believe, and this is what I tell them that as long as you do the work, everything else will take care of itself.
0: Yeah, and you've got some some stars to so look forward to seeing how you guys do this year. Um, you got one of the best seniors in the country on the on the girl side. Um, remind me of her name. Heather Holt. Heather Holt. Yeah, who we're really excited to see how she does. Are you still running? I are are still you, training. Yeah, you're still training. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm
3: going to run Marine Corps. Again. Okay,
0: all right, there we go. I think we're breaking news here on former champ <laughs> is running Marine Corps on on of the nation. Okay, all right. So how's the training going?
3: Pretty good. I think yeah. I think I'm, i need to get some long runs. In okay. Right now, so I've been training for uh, since uh, April May. So I'm solid around the eight eight mile range, but I got I got I to get some longer runs in.
0: Okay, all right. That, I hey, I mean, if you can break three hours, man. <sighs> which I th- I'm sure you can do. I mean, that would be amazing. It's a Nice goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good goal. That's a good goal. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of support along the way, um, which I'm sure you've had, uh, talk about, you know, some of the people who influenced you and, and helped you through this journey of two Marine Corps wins, five Olympic trials, qualif- qualifiers. Yeah. Talk about your support system, your family, and who else, uh, you know, is there to support you along the way.
3: Uh, at that point I also I have uh, you know three kids my kids are right. older now so right. so you know I was trying to be a daddy as well but do the right thing and, and set example for for the, my kids and my parents and a couple of my aunts and uncles were very very supportive and they were some big sponsors of mine my mom and dad would go all over the country to make sure that I had everything that I needed wow you know, from a from a uh, financial standpoint, if, if none of the shoe companies wanted to bring me in, my mom and dad would drive me and put me up in a hotel. Wow! And now, you know, I'm married, and my my wife is the same way. My wife handles everything else and allows me to go out and train and coach and do the things that I need to do to continue my marathon streak. Going. That's
0: awesome. Oh, that's cool, man. It does take uh, a group of people and and people who are supportive and understand because. It's it's not easy. You've got to be out there, and sometimes people see it as a selfish pursuit, and it's great to see how much you've given back through your running. So I, I really applaud you for that.
3: Thank you, guys, and yep. thanks, DC uh, Washington Area, for all the support that they've given me throughout my career. No
0: doubt. All right. That is the great Daryl General here on Pace the Nation. He's gotta to get to he's gotta go coach up. I mean, but he, I mean he's used to this. He goes from one thing to another. He's gotta coach up your team at Marshall,
3: right? I gotta go set up a time trial. Set up trial, a time there he,
0: there he goes. All right, there he goes. Thank you so much for joining us, Daryl. Really for appreciate it. Everything. There he goes. It's Daryl General. He's the two-time Marine Corps marathon champ and a qualifier five times in the Olympic marathon trials. He joined us on Pace Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Stay with us. All right. Thanks again to Daryl General for joining us here today on the program. Uh, Daryl doesn't have any social media. Um, He's not on a any sort of, uh, hiatus of, of social media. He just doesn't have it. So I can't promote that here.
2: I can respect that. (laughs) I've already forgotten about social media. It's great.
0: Is it good? Yeah. All right. Well, he's not on social media, but you can find him, you know, coaching at, at Marshall high school. Uh, he'll be at Marine Corps this year, which is really exciting. Um, he's always somebody that is a fan favorite. So give him uh, a loud cheer as he tries to break three hours. I just threw three hours out. I don't know. I don't know. He had I'm a sure.
2: great poker face. I couldn't tell <laughs> I what he felt about that at all.
1: He believes, you know, he
0: does believe, which I thought was an awesome part of the interview. It really does show what you can do if you believe and not feel sorry for yourself. I was, you know, we talked, uh, before we had Daryl on about, um, the struggles of getting to work and the kid and going for a run. Um, Yeah. He, uh, he pretty much made me feel like I had no struggles.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you think you don't have time to run here, Daryl General's story, you definitely have time to run. You
0: definitely do. Um, all right. A couple quick things guys. And we, we do have Dixon Mercer here. He's, uh, filling in for William E. Docs. Docs will be back in a couple weeks. Uh, Dixon of course is the senior editor for run Washington. Really appreciate you joining us today on pace the nation. Um, Couple quick things. Uh, I was on vacation last week, and this has nothing to do with running, and we're gonna get to some running talk of eventually. But I, I again, I should say, but I, I was on vacation, and you know, you you go to um, I was in Beach Haven, New Jersey. Again, another New Jersey connection. Um, Center of universe. And I and I go to a, co- a coffee shop or you know the local bagel shop, and a lot of those those places now have Square. They're mm-hmm. probably only cash only spots. Little mom and pop stores before. They have Square. So, you know, you guys know what Square is. You, um, you know, swipe your credit card on an iPad type machine. And after I get my chai tea latte, um, (laughs) it says, uh, sign here and pick your tip amount. And it's just, it it really kind of like browbeats you into tipping, which I get a little bit frustrated by. Okay. Joanna?
2: Well, you can choose the no tip. You op- can choose. Yeah. But but
0: what... I mean, you're, you're looking there. This <laughs> nice person helped me out. Mm-hmm. Served me my chai tea latte, which takes a couple steps to make. Yeah. You know? And and then I insult her by saying no tip. I mean, wh- what do you do in that situation?
2: It certainly does encourage more tipping. It does. Than, than I think if you were paying in cash. I think with cash, you typically whatever change you have left. I think a lot yeah, of people Yeah, you throw it in the tip jar. Are, yeah. And
0: I'm not anti-tipping, but...
1: But I, I, it never feels good throwing change in there like that. I know, <laughs> I mean, right? You're like,
2: here's like 12
0: yeah, cents. Yeah, exactly. Here. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's but 4 depending on the
2: drink, sometimes that is like 20%, like depending that's, on what that's, you get. Well,
0: not my drinks. My <laughs> froofy drinks that I get. But yeah, if it's $4.88 and you throw 12 cents in there, that is a little insulting. But it's $4.88. Next thing you know, you tip 20%. You're in the hole another dollar. Yeah, and you're like, all of a sudden, this drink that I thought was going to be four fifty now turns into six fifty or six you bucks. Need
2: to get a new drink. <laughs> I, know, I probably. Well, uh, let me ask you this: so you go to the same Starbucks all the time? I right? do. Yeah. So do you tip at that Starbucks? No. What about that time that that guy like had your drink ready for you or whatever? You didn't yeah. give him a tip then either.
0: I didn't okay. because uh, <sighs> the reason <laughs> being is that at Starbucks you don't feel obligated, and it's less in your face there isn't the same level of confrontation about the tip you
2: feel confronted
0: I, you do feel like a little bit of you do guys you? have you guys been there and done that uh, do you know what i'm talking about
2: well
1: i think uber now is a, a great example exactly you never yeah. felt uh compelled to tip with uber yeah but now that you have the option to yeah i tend to i tend to tend tip. to tip yeah it but it's still not out, a very right. good tip two dollars four dollars <laughs> but that, that
2: adds up over the course of a day it does yeah
0: It definitely does, especially when, uh, well, fortunately, you guys can run back and forth. um, But if you weren't runners and you're tipping four bucks every time you take an Uber, and a lot of people take Ubers three times, four times a day. That's an extra 12 bucks to, um, you know, add to your... uh,
2: Oh, I meant it ended up for the Uber driver. Well, let me, I mean, just to play... Devil's advocate okay. here. Have either of you worked in and as a server? before? I, I did. Okay. I
0: did work as a as a server, and you know that. And that's I know true. a coffee
2: shop is a different situation. Right, and and you're
0: making like three bucks an hour, and and I think people get that.
2: But I would say that I. For services exceptional, like if we had this discussion about Uber ratings, right? Like if they just get you from point A to point B and you have no issues, is that a four star rating or is that a five star rating? You know, mm-hmm. how if you just give an Uber driver a five star rating for getting you where you're supposed to go, like that's the expectation. But then what do you do if they exceed your expectations? Right. Um, and then I think that's like, that's a tipping, it's like, it's, uh, incidents. Right. Right. And the same thing for, uh, like your local coffee shops. Like if I go to the same place all the time and they know my order and I like walk up to the counter and they like say like, Oh, you know, it's nice to see you again. Let me get you that green tea. That's nice. Like they've recognized you. And I think it's that that, sh- that should be merits a tip. Yeah. Cause they're going above and beyond okay. your normal, like, Oh, can I get you a green tea? Well, like I, that's, dif- that's different. That's totally
0: different. I'm just talking about when they flip the screen around, they, you know, in your face and it's sort of like, she looks at you, you look at her. And she's giving you the evil eye, and you're like, <laughs> "If I don't tip this person, she's gonna think I'm a terrible person."
2: Well, it's very it, tipping is very American, right? Like Europeans come here and they're like, "Oh, what do I do about the tip?" Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that, but okay, I believe you.
2: Well, you don't you don't need to tip as much in in, in, in Europe. Yeah. Like okay. when I lived in Ireland, y- you like you really only tip in above and beyond situations. Hmm. It's not like you eat dinner and there's an expectation that you leave a twenty or whatever percent tip.
1: Right, only like a really nice dinner.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm moving to Ireland. I like that. <laughs> and I'm not anti-tipping. I just. Uh, this is I,
1: just such a deep uh, discussion yeah, I about yeah. the so, ramifications no, totally of the digital though. economy. I'm getting yeah, exactly. very anxious over yeah, I here.
0: Exactly. I
2: had that same thought the other day when I was, because a lot of the coffee shops that I go to have squares and I have thought that before. I'm like, I really like this person. They're really pleasant. But it's like the options are like a dollar, like five dollars or whatever. And it's like, I'm like, oh, like I'm only getting like a two dollar drink. And I like them like, 50,
0: per- 50 cents. Yeah. That's yeah. like a
2: half. That's like half yeah. of
0: the. Total. All right. Well, um, I guess, uh, we didn't get anywhere with, I didn't get really an answer, but at least you guys share my pain on some level. So that, 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 that's helpful. I appreciate that. Um, the other thing, this is running related that I wanted to bring up. I I did a good deed running, uh, earlier this week. So running over by Iwo Jima, I run up a hill and I see a piece of paper on the ground and it's a dcw four paper random, right? Like where, you know, you have, when you get a tax form, you fill out that and you put all your information on it. So I run by it. It looks like there's a nine digit number on there, which to me would be a social security number. So I run by it and about 50 yards past it. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to run back and grab that because
1: you could steal their identity. Exactly. For you.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I run back and I see on this W four, someone's name, their address, their social security number on it. That is for somebody who is uh, trying to steal your identity. That's a gold mine, right? Yeah. I mean, what else do you need? I mean, you could order, you know, you order a credit card or something like that. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do that would either steal their, their identity, get a credit card sent to you, and they would be none the wiser for a while until, you know, your credit rating gets, you know, uh, you, you look up your credit rating or something like that. So I went back and I picked up the piece of paper. I ripped it into a thousand pieces and I threw it in the next trash can. How about that? Okay.
1: That's not where I thought it was going to go, but right. I think that's <laughs> still a good deed. Yeah. I
0: mean, well, what were you thinking I was going to? I just
1: thought you would, you know, look up the social security number online and
0: and send them the the W four. I figured he probably had an electronic copy of it, so I don't think he needed it back. But uh, yeah. So that would be kind of
1: sketchy too. <laughs> yeah. That would be. I think I think it's well played. You yeah. yeah. So,
0: uh, I want to ask you guys: any good deeds? Can you remember any good deeds you've done on a run?
2: Um. Well, I talked about that time that that little kid wandered away from the group.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's a good one. I brought them back. Yep. Um. Dixon, you've run thousands and thousands of miles over your time. Uh, have you saved anybody's life or saved anybody's identity when you've been out running?
1: I haven't saved any lives as far as I can tell. Recently, I was <laughs> running down the Sligo Creek um, Parkway. They closed down the street on Sunday. And there was a little kid trying to get up from the bike trail onto mm-hmm. the road on his uh, tricycle. And I helped him up onto the. Yeah,
2: there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that was nice. I like
1: that. Uh, other than that, I think I'm uh, also doing a good deed lately by showing. Um, that is okay to run your uh, easy days extremely, extremely slow. <laughs> that's
0: a good. That is, and this weather that is a really good deed. At yeah, 8:30 well, Chris in the is
2: probably isn't liking your runs though on Strava. My Strava
0: data <laughs> makes people feel great. <laughs> Actually, I am liking it because it does make me feel better about my my own. Okay, those are those are good deeds. Slow runs. That's that is a good deed. All right. So uh, another big thing in the news here, uh, running related guys, is the World Championships start. Everybody knows the Olympics. The Olympics were last year. Not everybody knows that there is a championship that happens many, many off Olympic years. And this year in London is the 2017 world champs.
2: Yeah. The Olympics were so last year. So, it's time for the world.
0: Exactly. So my question to you, Joanne and Dixon, you can help out here. My trivia question is we've had four and a half, I think, and maybe you can, maybe you can think of others guests that made the world team can you name all four and a half
2: this is so embarrassing because i literally spent 15 minutes today putting in my calendar all the races that i did you want to watch yeah um so i know the half is jenny simpson okay
0: that's a half yeah because yeah. she came on and she promoted wasn't a full the, guest right yeah. she promoted the show somehow but yes um, okay okay so molly huddle okay mm-hmm. um, she may have been our first one
2: yeah um matthew
0: matthew of course yep or he was maybe our first one but yeah either way matthew and molly
2: Robbie Andrews. Robbie
0: Andrews. Um, mm-hmm.
2: So I I need a hint, male or female?
0: Female. Female. Dang mm-hmm. it. Yep.
2: Um. Huh. This is embarrassing. Yeah. Um.
0: Dox is screaming at the at his phone right now. That doesn't help me. Uh, Dixon, can you think of it?
1: I wish I could. I female. I can't think of yeah. it. I listened to the Robbie Andrews. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't want to know her. I don't want to know her name. I just want another hint. I can get this.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I wish
2: that I had all the lists in front of
0: me. The other hint would be that her episode was somewhat, somewhat New Jersey related.
2: Somewhat New Jersey related.
0: We talked about topics that related to Jersey.
2: Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. How could I forget?
0: Yep. Yep. Kate Grace. Kate Grace. Oh there you go. God. Yep. I'm Grace. so sorry. Kate yes. Grace. Kate oh. Grace. Yep. So she's going to compete in the 1500. Uh, Jenny will be in the 1500. Molly will be, I believe, in the 5K or the 10K. Um, I think one she's one ten, of the two. She might be ten, in both. I don't, I don't think know. she's in both. I think she's just 10K. 10K. So 10K. And then, of course, Matthew is the defending Olympic champ in the 1500. Uh, and he will run the 1500 with Robbie Andrews. So those are our guests. Those, those four and a half slash five. Um, I'm excited about the, the world champs. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm glad you were kind of, um, looking at, uh, looking at things today. I think I've seen all the athletes are over there in London now. Um, when does it start on Friday on Friday? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, what what's the, the, the event you're most looking forward to?
2: Um, as always, the steeplechase. Yeah. So, uh, of course, I love watching the American women in the steeplechase. And I think Emma Coburn has a good shot of breaking her own American record. I don't know if she's going to meddle again. I don't know what's going right. to happen. Like women's steeplechase is just so competitive right now that I think it's really exciting to watch. Um, and then on the men's side, uh, can Evan Yeager medal? I don't know. Again, I can't right? wait to find out. Didn't he?
0: He medaled at the Olympics? He medaled po- at the Olympics yeah. as
2: well. So I just think that there's a lot of strong American steeplechasers, and I just think it's such like a cool event, so I'm really excited to and, see that. And
0: it is really cool that the Americans have legit chances to medal. Yeah. Um, uh, Dixon, how about you? What are you looking forward to in the uh, world champs?
1: Well, definitely the steeplechase, mm-hmm. I think to, you know, to see if uh Jager can win will be really exciting. Could win. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that
0: that would be I incredible.
1: Mean, I think he certainly has a very strong yep. chance to win. Um certainly always want to watch the marathon. Mm-hmm. World championship, Olympic marathons are just always really fun to watch. Yep. Um
2: I think the men's fifteen will be interesting too because I don't I don't really think that Matthew's in top form. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what what happens. I feel like it's not I mean the fifteen hundred is never Decided beforehand, but I think this is definitely a year that it could be anybody's game.
1: And Robbie ran something like a one fifty eight hundred recently.
0: Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, so he's got a he's got a great shot. Um, I believe he's got a great shot to maybe be in the top three. Like you said, Matthew is not what he's been, and recently there was one of the the former Olympic champs who pulled out of the fifteen hundred. So. Who knows? But but like you said, I mean the 1500s crazy, and that one you guys kind of stole my thunder. That was probably <laughs> the one that I was looking forward to most, both on the men's and women's side. Uh, you know, the the story of Matthew and Robbie, of course, um, and hopefully both of them can be in the mix. Who yeah. knows? Um, and on the women's side, um, you know, our, our our two former guests, Jenny and Kate, uh, <laughs> hopefully can make the finals, and then. Maybe the story for me is uh, one that you've talked about before, Joanna, is Sarah Vaughn. Yes. Um, her, and, and sh- there, there's been a few articles that's come out recently about her. The Washington Post did a really cool article recently about her. Uh, she is the American 1500 meter runner who made the team her first team, and she has three kids. Mm-hmm. So she she's uh, she and Daryl General, very <laughs> similar. Three kids. She works as a real estate agent. Um you know, busy life, but made the team. And, you know, you make the final. And like you said about the 1500, it's like, it it, kind of never goes to form in terms of who has the best time in these championship 1500. It could be anybody's, anybody's, uh, I'm also
1: interested to see the Mm 5,000, uh, on the men's side. Um, and I'm horrified that I'm getting the name mixed up, but in the men's 5,000 in Sacramento, that was Paul Chalimo,
0: right? Yep. Yes. Who yep.
1: ran just an incredible mm-hmm. wire to wire yeah. race yeah. And, yeah. and set a meet record yep. doing it. So yep. obviously, he's incredibly fit. Um, and I love like his interviews afterwards when he just said, was talking about how he's just gonna do just incredibly hard training to get ready for Worlds. <laughs> and Mo Mo Farah seems very vulnerable right yeah. now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um so that that could be really interesting too. Maybe um, Paul Chalimo will just take it out really I hard. I
0: love that.
2: Um and the other race that I'm excited for is the women's 10K, not necessarily because of the Americans, always interested in the Americans, but I think it, it could also be like the Olympics, a really fast women's race, which I always like to see the women battle it out.
0: Yep. Well, we will keep you updated uh on how that uh race unfolds and all the races unfold. The distance races at least for sure, we will keep you updated. No, I didn't put
2: any of the sprints in my calendar. Yeah, it's fine.
1: Can I ask you about a question? How yeah. do you both watch uh the world championships?
2: Um, I
0: got this, I got, that is a great question. I, I've got this stick that I put in the back of my TV and then I got some feed on my computer and I'm not exactly, but then I mirror it to my, my, uh, my TV. But I, I think it's,
2: I usually stream it on NBC sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I it's a, NBC sports Yeah.
0: and you know, they've charged to all this money and I, I think I had I, I don't know if I should say this but I think I had an end around um for the uh Olympic trials uh <laughs> So I, I think I've got the same sort because of, I think they're charging you for the world world champs, too. Well,
2: it's not my login.
0: OK, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> right. All having right, a okay. login is great. All right. Yeah. So so basically to answer your question, Dixon, we right. are uh, both rogue. Um, yeah, somehow. I'm going to go <laughs> on the
1: record here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my wife, Emily, knows this, but I actually did throw down for the NBC Sports Gold nice. app. Oh, you did. OK, good okay. okay. It is awesome. Yeah, okay. that's
2: that's the that's the what I log into. You okay. can watch yeah, everything. Great.
1: Diamond League. Major yep. marathons,
0: yeah, that's what I log into too. That's right. That's and right. And yeah, you can
1: watch it whenever you want. Right. No commercials. Yeah. Uh, streaming coverage. It's perfect. Okay, that's
3: good. All right.
0: But it's
1: yeah. Yeah, it, free. D- it does. It does. So, sorry, uh, Emily. Yeah, it
0: it does cost a nominal fee. I remember paying that fee. Now that you mention it. All right. Well, a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, I wanted to mention this AAU kid. Uh, have I mentioned that this kid ran under 150 in the half mile? He's 15 years old. I mentioned that to Daryl, I guess, earlier. 15 years old, ran 149 in the 800. I was in college 20 years ago. Guys running 149 as seniors in high school were getting full rides.
1: So he would be, what, a freshman, a rising yeah, freshman? Yeah, so
0: it looks like he was a, he was a freshman this year, um, and he set the American freshman record, which was 150, um was was the previous record that he uh that he broke over the weekend as a 14 year old he ran 15123 and set the uh set the 14 year old record as well so just these kids run as fast as these kids are running, it's just incredible to me these days um so that's a name to to look out for brandon miller
2: I saw that organic food i <laughs>
0: guess that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is <laughs> All right. This is Pace the Nation. Of course, this podcast is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We, of course, also are connected to New Jersey with our store in Princeton, New Jersey, 7 Palmer Square. So, Dixon, uh, before we get out of here, what's going on at Run Washington?
1: So, I know Charlie right now is working very hard on uh, the upcoming high school issue. Okay. So, that's uh, a a major change i think that uh editor in chief charlie made charlie ban made when he took over the pub- publication and it was rebranded as run washington was really expanding the high school coverage which he pretty much it's kind of a one man operation right. and <laughs> he's taken on by himself and become an expert in not only the dc scene maryland scene uh and virginia scene uh yeah. so he now puts out a uh, you know a, this is maybe, I would guess, maybe the fourth year of it. Yeah, I think so. Um, a high school edition so every that,
0: that So that'll be coming out in August. And That's going to the printer very soon. Very yeah. soon. Okay, cool. Um, so it's all high school. Did you write any high school articles in there?
1: I did not write um, mm-hmm. any articles for this one. Um, but uh, I know one of the stories I've read so far that I really liked is uh, uh, Charlie went down and interviewed... Um, Uh, Drew Hunter's parents, Joan and Mark, who are the coaches of uh, Loudon High School, Mm -hmm. and uh, they have an incredible team this year, Um, and it's a really cool story.
0: Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing uh, that uh, in print sometime later this month, Um, so we'll have it on all our Pacers running uh, locations. And we have the big unveiling at the DCXE All Run Washington team party, which we Name the top sixty-two kids in the uh, all the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. So a lot of exciting stuff here. Fall is almost here. Um, It's my favorite time of year. Well, I mean, it's going to be cooler this weekend. It really is. Mm. It's going to be cooler, and my app has told me it's going to be like low eighties for the next. It was
2: sixty in Maine.
0: i You're going to continue to sponsor this. the New Jersey
1: Marathon, I hope.
0: Yes. Yeah. We, we will uh, conti- yeah. continue on with that and bigger and better things for New Jersey Marathon. I know you ran it this past year and enjoyed it and glad you did but it bigger and better things for the New Jersey Marathon next year. Awesome. So really excited about that. So just a quick update on this podcast. Um, Joanna, you and I and Docs will be off next week, but we will be back with a vengeance the following week. So uh, stay tuned for that uh in a couple of weeks. Dixon, great job, man. I really appreciate you sitting in being a guest host today. Uh you are a great supporter of the show and always help us uh by listening and also uh finding guests. So uh you know we'll have to find another time where um
2: you wanna do a podcast next week?
0: <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> I'm on a, vacation a solo next week. a solo podcast. <laughs> I have to get you in, in studio again uh another time because he did a great job so really appreciate you joining us man
1: thanks it was a lot of fun
0: all right it's dixon mercer on twitter at dixon mercer right yep that's right so give him a follow uh he's a uh great local runner and senior editor of run washington so thanks again for dixon for joining us on the program uh joanna have a great weekend off thank you i mean you never really take time off but have a great week off we'll be off next week and so for Joanna E. Russo and for William E. Dox, who's on vacation and will be back, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you in two weeks.